Does God's command to us to forgive as Christ forgave us, does that command mean that you can never get a divorce because in all reality, you have to forgive even adultery if your spouse commits that? That's the question I got from Devin Jacob, who in my big video on divorce and remarriage asked the following. He says, you mentioned the higher law a few times in this video. Is not one of the highest laws to forgive? Doesn't Jesus say to forgive 70 times seven? Isn't seven the number for perfection, perfect forgiveness? If Jesus forgives Israel, see Romans 11, shouldn't we in our marriages be forgiving all the time? I guess I'm just confused how the higher law of forgiveness doesn't apply to hard or exceedingly difficult marriages. Uh, this is actually a, a good question for me to tackle. I had this question come up a number of times in the comments section. Devin's one example of that. So the bottom line is that this means you can never get a divorce. Even if a justifiable reason for divorce has happened in that marriage, you still can't get a divorce because you have to forgive that other person. I think this is based on a fundamental confusion on what it means to forgive as Christ forgave. So let's look at what the scripture teaches on this topic. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 32. Here we read, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. So not just forgiving each other and one another in any way, shape or form with no qualifications, but rather as God in Christ forgave us. And I think God forgiving us in Christ is the model for how we go about dealing with forgiveness and restoration. Let's talk about that. Since the way that I forgive sin is to be modeled after the way God forgives sin in Christ, I need to ask, how exactly does God forgive sin in Christ? And is it the kind of thing that would lock you in a marriage even after someone has committed adultery and repeatedly does so and won't repent? So does Jesus's, you know, method of forgiveness, does that equal a restored relationship with every human being? Because that's what the lack of divorce would be. It would be a, a, a demanded restoration of relationship no matter what the sin is. But the answer to this is no. God does not restore relationship with every human being unconditionally. He just doesn't. Now, that's true that there's no sin too great for the cross. If you're going to come to Jesus and put your trust and faith in him, God will reconcile you to himself. It's also true that he's offered this freely to the whole world, but it's not true that it restores relationship between God and every person. And it does not mean that every Christian should stay in a marriage even after justification for divorce has actually taken place. So the condition that God puts on the restoration of relationship, that is repentance. He wants to see us turn from our sin and turn to God, right? We have to turn away from that sin. We have to show repentance, true repentance. Now, God knows in the, the moment that you genuinely repent in your heart and he immediately restores you in relationship to him. We don't have that wisdom to know your heart on issues, but that is the same requirement. So what I want to do is take a cross posture. I want to mimic Jesus in this posture towards my, my spouse. Yes, that's a made-up term, cross posture. It's not in the Bible. I think it's, it's a way of talking about a biblical truth. The posture that God took towards us on the cross is open arms, saying, I'm offering relationship to you. I am, you know, on my part, forgiveness is achieved in a sense, and I'm willing to suffer and let go of the sin that you've committed. But you will not receive the benefits of this until you repent and believe. And so in the same sense, I'm open, I'm offering forgiveness to my spouse. I'm offering forgiveness even for grievous sins like adultery, offering forgiveness, but only if true repentance takes place. So for an unrepentant spouse, I am not obligated to restore the relationship. That is a consistent application of the biblical command to forgive as God in Christ forgave us. It's a qualified forgiveness. The offer of forgiveness, the genuine offer, doesn't equal restoration. Uh, proof of this is just the fact that God sends anybody to hell. 
the idea here is the offer is there, but you've rejected it. An example of this playing out in the Old Testament is in Jeremiah 3. In Jeremiah 3, God divorces the northern kingdom of Israel and he offers them restoration, but it's conditioned on their repentance. So this is interesting because it's it's a similar scenario to what we find in marriages today. Yes, it's justification to divorce. There is a chance for you know, things to be fixed, but it requires repentance on the part of the spouse. If we want to be very Christ-like, that's how we would handle that scenario. And Devin, you brought up Romans 11 as an example of God forgiving Israel. But Romans 11, that restoration between God and Israel, it takes place when? It takes place when Israel repents and they come to the Messiah and they're restored and they all will be saved, so to speak. All Israel will be saved. But no, all those who've rejected Jesus, each of them individually is outside of that salvation. And those who receive by repenting come to Christ, they're going to be saved. And so even that is a conditioned restoration. So the principle I would derive from this is that you don't divorce a truly repentant spouse. Like if your spouse has committed sins, grievous sins that would justify divorce, a Christ-like attitude is to say, I will forgive if they truly repent. But there's a problem here, a difference between us and God. God knows your heart the moment you repent. I do not know your heart. The only way I can see that that repentance is real is by waiting and watching and seeing that the fruit of repentance takes place in that person's life. I can see that they've really, truly changed. And this can be kind of tough in all reality, right? Because it may involve a significant time of testing or, or, or delaying restoration just to see if it's really, truly repentance because there's a lot of manipulators out there who will pretend repentance, who will feign changes in order to get back into their spouse's good graces. I've seen it many times. I've seen it working with abusers, how they will suddenly, they're, they're, they go into the honeymoon phase. We actually call it in domestic violence counseling, the honeymoon phase where they're just acting like everything's so great. But you know the hammer's going to fall and they're going to go back into those angry and violent behaviors again or back to that adulterous behavior again potentially. So you have to wait and see. You've got to really see that they're telling the truth, that you think they've genuinely been transformed. And if that's the case, restoration is, is I think, desired by God and it's exampled by Christ and you should apply that that rule of forgiveness. There's another problem with interpreting the the command to forgive others as Christ forgave us, interpreting that to mean that you have to restore every relationship regardless of whether they repent. There, there's a lot of problems with that, but another problem with it is that it disagrees with what Jesus clearly taught in Matthew 19:9. If we take the words of Jesus here, uh, just on their plain sense, as they should be taken even if you study into the Greek and all that other stuff, he's he's giving justification for divorce right? One justification. He's eliminating a whole bunch, but he's get, he's giving a specific one. He says, whoever divorces his wife except for sexual immorality and marries another commits adultery. Now, the, the, the audience would naturally think, okay, therefore, adultery is a just reason for divorce that actually frees you to marry another. But the implication here is that we have a command in Ephesians 4.32 that seems to conflict with the very teaching of Jesus. That's a problem, at least a challenge for those who hold this view. Another problem with holding that view of forgiveness, that it demands restoration regardless of repentance, is that it conflicts with 1 Corinthians 7.15, which says that a spouse is not bound in a marriage where they have an unwilling unbeliever, that they're not bound to that marriage, but that rule would have them still bound. They're bound to forgive and restore regardless of the behavior of the other person. And so that's that's problematic. If this was a consistent rule, I would expect in 1 Corinthians 7.15 for Paul to say that the believer simply has to forgive and restore. 
but instead he says they're not bound. So I think there's clear teaching in scripture that seems to trump this principle that forgiveness requires restoration in every relationship. And finally, I'll say that you can't really apply this rule consistently in life, or at least I don't think it's wise if you do. Imagine this, no Christian can ever press charges. Someone breaks into your house, they steal your stuff, and you're like, I'm gonna press charges. No, I can't because I have to forgive. And forgiveness means never you know, having any consequences for the thing the person did against me. No, that, that wouldn't really be very wise for us. It would mean that you can't call the cops because calling the cops is, is, is basically enacting punishment or consequences on the person, but you have to forgive them unconditionally without any requirement of repentance. I mean, it might even mean that you can't like return a product for refund from a store when it's broken because don't you have to forgive that store? I don't think this is how God wanted us to apply the forgiveness rule. And I think it's hinted at in Ephesians 4.32 where it says we're not just to forgive end of story period, but rather as God in Christ forgave us, which is conditional upon repentance. A pure offer of forgiveness, there's no bitterness in my heart, there's a willingness for restoration, but I do need to see something on the other person's side, which is a change of heart. If you want more videos on the topic of divorce and remarriage, I have a playlist in the video description down below, including my massive teaching on the topic, as well as a whole bunch of videos on my channel, helping you learn how to think biblically about everything.